Hello everyone, you're listening to the Brunton Bugle, the number one place to get a kinetic fix in the podcast world. I'm Lee Rooney. And I'm Mike Booth. The unbeaten run continues as United pick up four points in a week thanks to a win at Grimsby and a draw at home to crew. We look back on those games while looking ahead to this weekend's trip over to the East Coast to face Hartlepool United at Victoria Park. You know, I had to actually catch myself a little bit there when I was doing the intro because I'd, I'd written down winless Hartlepool United at Victoria Park because I didn't realise, right. I read this yeah. at the start of the week, that they were playing in midweek as well. And of course, they are no longer winless. They are they finally become the, the, the last team this season to pick up three points in the in the football league. Mysterious curl is at work already, isn't he? Yes, it's, it's funny how we're, when we're previewing the Hartlepool game, Dan's not available to do it, isn't it, really? Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't want to talk about Keith Curl at all, does he? Um, how you doing, mate? You've been away for a couple of weeks, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, I've been, been good. Uh, I only managed to watch the one game while I was on holiday, which was the uh, Newport game. But which we've already done, so there you go. Yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, you know, we're still unbeaten, aren't we? And uh, I think even if this season had started at the normal time, to be unbeaten in October, I say unbeaten, only lost one game, you know. But to have only lost one game going into October would be good. And obviously the season started even earlier, so... Mm. It's very good, but it's just disappointing all the draws, isn't it, really? It's frustrating, I think, is the way it's yeah. described, but there you go. I mean, yeah. hey, and at least you survived the hurricane. Hurricane Ian, was it, I think, that you survived yeah, there, in Florida? It, it wasn't that bad. I just stayed in <laughs> bed and watched Netflix for two days. So. Fair days. Um, right, okay, uh, let's get straight into things here. Uh, uh, just to remind you that the podcast is sponsored by the Kyle United Sports Club London Brunch. The Lone Branch is open to all Kyle United fans. They've got members from Cornwall to Dundee and Houston, Singapore, and of course, every part of London and the South East. They regularly meet up on away trips, as well as arranging many social events, sports games and fundraising for the club. They'll be providing us with information for the away games as part of the preview section this season too. You can find out more about the London Branch at their website, carlalondonbranch.org. Uh, also a reminder, of course, you can follow us on social media at Brunson Bugle on Twitter and Instagram, find us on uh, Facebook as well, search for Button Bugle, click like. Um, we're also on the Be Just and Fear Not uh, Facebook group on Twitter, uh, sorry, Facebook. Fully recommend you join that if you haven't already. Really, really good community there. And uh, the companies.net message board. And of course, if you want to go old school, drop us an email, bruntonbugle at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, if you haven't already as well, subscribe to the podcast on whatever good podcast app you happen to use whether that be pocket casts uh, spotify apple Podcasts, google podcasts and, and if those podcasts give you the chance to review the podcast as well if you could give us a five-star review that would be wonderful um well let's get into it Mike. it's a little bit of news to cover this week we haven't had that for a while um yeah. we're also going to do loan watch we're bringing that back we didn't didn't do really the start of the season there's only two or three of them out but now there's five of them out on loan it's probably worthwhile at least seeing what they're up to isn't it i think um yeah. Only real other bit of news other than the loan wash bit is actually um, a little update from the Kyle United supporters group. So uh, their latest update um, came last week. I think they had a meeting a couple of weeks ago. I think, in fact, Dan, I think, was at that meeting, wasn't he? One of our uh, uh, presenters. Uh, he, he's obviously now part of Kiosk and um, in his Kiosk role, he, he attended the meeting. Um, 
But the interesting thing to come out was uh, Chief Executive Nigel Clibbins gave one of his regular updates, didn't he? You know, a few little mm. tidbits out of this that uh, may be of interest to fans who haven't spotted this yet. Um, the first one is, I think, something that both me and you can fully agree on is great news, <laughs> is the news that the uh, the kit contract is up for renewal. And uh, I've put a tender here, but basically they're, they're speaking to uh, different um, companies right now about uh, the potential contract for next season. So not putting set in stone in words there, is it? But it sounds like they're getting rid of Aria. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> I mean, they, they are some of the worst kits ever, aren't they? It's not even, yeah. it's not even just the... The designs aren't great. The quality of the materials terrible. The, the, the badges are ironed on. The, mm. I mean, the size issue is an absolute joke, right? Yeah. My, my nephew, Miles, was a mascot for the Wimbledon game um, the other week. And I bought him bought him and my niece uh, some kits. Now, bear in mind, Miles only turned five the other week. I got him a size 67 kit. And although it fit him, it wouldn't last him much longer than, you know, maybe a couple of months later, it'd be mm. too big for it. It, it that shouldn't be the case. The, the kit mm. sizes should be so much better. It, it, it really doesn't. I, make I've much. heard some people say as well that they've got the home and away shirts, and like the home shirt would be like really tight on them, and the away shirt is quite baggy. Yeah, you know, it's, and, it's, and it's, it's the same school. size. You know, absolutely fast schools. But there you go. Um, yeah, so it, it looks like potentially getting rid of it. If, if, go on, Mike. If, if you had a, a dream, realistic kit maker, who would you want? Well, you say realistic, but I, I, I've i always been a fan of Adidas kits, and I think Accrington have them, so, you know, why can't we? Obviously, might, might not be the best sort of deal for the club. That, that's, uh, the, that's the key thing, it's the deal yeah. for the club, and it's not just about how much you get per shirt you sell, yeah. it's also how much free training gear they're going to give you, because that, that's yeah. the bit that quite often cripples clubs in this situation. But you could yeah, argue, I mean, I haven't bought the past few array kits. You could argue if we had a nicer kit, it would sell True. more. True, that's, that's a fair point, but there you go. Um, I, I think, personally, I'd like to see Hummel, I think. I think they do really nice kits, and they've done one for Cambridge in recent seasons as well. They've done some nice kits, some nice kits for Everton. So, yeah, Hummel, Hummel's the one I'd like. I mean, you'd like Adidas, and I think I think Dan would probably go with Adidas as well, so I'm probably out- outvoted on that one, in terms <laughs> of our opinions, but there you go. Um a few little bits that came out Clibbo's update the club's not going to be taking advantage of the opportunity to move kickoff times to avoid floodlight cost increase as they'll see the you know with the energy bills going up as I'm sure we all know and it's the same for the club you know the costs of running floodlights at games is going up quite a bit um, but um, the club have looked into it and basically the savings are negligible basically compared against mm. what they'd actually get from from basically, not just from ticket sales, but also from getting fans down early to have a drink and stuff like that. Because, I mean, if you go for a one o'clock kickoff, say, how more inclined are you to come down at, say, you know, 11 10 o'clock, 10 a.m., mm. something to come and have a drink? You're probably not, are you? You're probably not going to eat as much as well, so... Well, I mean, for us as well, we'd have to leave home very early to it, it come. And there's a lot of blues who travel from outside the county yeah, as well. It's, it's true, it's true. I, I don't think it would bother me quite as much that. I don't mind, because it means you get back early as well. Because yeah. quite often me and you don't get back to what ten o'clock at night at the yeah. area sometimes for Saturday games. So, so yeah, it wouldn't bother me as much. But I, I totally understand the club's thinking behind this. You know, it's a, it's a fair point. Um, so yeah, basically with our unique geography and the whole setup, they basically thought it's not really worthwhile. So we will be kicking off at three o'clock for the four stable, unless, of course, the police change their minds as they had did for the uh, Barrow game, didn't they? So there mm. you go. Um, some good news in terms of ticket and commercial revenue. All of them are up for this season so far, which is really good to see. Um, 
match day program under threat. Uh, sales continue to decline. Um, it's getting to the point where it's barely covering its costs now. If it goes any lower, it just won't wash its own face. So, I mean, many clubs have already stopped doing them, haven't they? And it's one of those things I I used to love. I used to buy one every game I used to go to, but I just don't now. So, you know, I can't I can't really complain if the club stops selling them because yeah. I'm part of the reason because I just don't buy it anymore. I don't know about you. Yes, I mean, I haven't bought one in about 15 years now, I think. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's the same with printed media in general, isn't it? People yeah. just aren't buying it. They're sort of reading stuff online more and it's just the way of the world nowadays, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, everyone gets all their updates from you know, the live scores app and things like that. So mm. they don't really need to be looking through squads and things like that as well, do they? So so there you go. Um, one final bit of news, um, probably the most important one of the lot. Um, still no contact or response from PurePay regarding the debt. Uh, interest is going to cure likely to be the amount of uh, £100,000 this year. Um, frustrating, I think it's the, the, the most polite way you can put it. Mm-hmm. I can think of some less polite ways of putting it, but I won't on here. But it's 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 a little bit farcical now. What yeah. what, it, what it has shown is that, f- frankly, it's a good thing that these people never took over the club. If this is their attitude towards it, then I'm, I'm glad they don't own the club. Yeah, definitely. I mean, sh- surely there's some kind of I don't know. Someone can step in, like and, an ombudsman or something. Like yeah, that. So, honestly, something. It's a weird thing for me. It, this is the risk, I suppose of having some sort of, how's that, what's the best way to put it? A, a deal that you know seems to be well in your favour and it's a, you know, take it easy sort of deal, if you know what I mean. There's, there's no rush to pay and things like that. This, that's the risk, isn't it? Mm. And when it comes mm. to it and you want to pay, they can just ignore you <laughs> and they can but, create but, a situation that causes problems for you. So. But they've got their guy on the operating board, isn't it? Yeah, but he, he didn't, doesn't seem to have a huge amount of involvement, does he? And yeah, so I don't what's know what, he doing there then? I don't, know how, I don't know how they've reacted since, obviously, they bombed off Pop, which, mm. yeah, everybody fine well knows that they put him in place at the club and what a disaster yeah. he was. I'm just, sorry, I was going to make a note there to bleep his name out. I just realized <laughs> I said it. Oh, that's not really good, is it? Um, but yeah, so it, it, it's frustrating. But at the same time, we shouldn't allow that to, to, to worry us too much. We should concentrate on the positives on the pitch at the moment, I think. And yeah. my thought is just keep it going on the pitch, keep things going well, keep money coming into the club. And then hopefully next summer, Dean Henderson finally cuts his ties with Man United and we get a nice lump sum. And Dean Henderson. Dean Henderson. Sorry. Did I say, oh, yeah. God's sake. Got him on the head now. <laughs> right, so I've got to make those changes. When I get um, yes, so Dean, Dean Henderson. Finally, cut his ties with Manchester United, and um, and yeah, we we get a nice lump sum, and we can we can move on, pay them off, and never never let them, you know, dirty our uh, corridors ever again, so yeah. to speak. Take down all the Edinburgh Woolmill signs and things like that as well, ideally. So there you go. So yeah, that that's a update from CSG. Generally positive though, good news all round. But um, but yeah, just a couple of little bits bubbling in the background, I guess. Um, We'll do a quick loan watch then, Mike. I'll try and bash through these as quickly as possible. Um, See, obviously, with the fact that now we've got uh, five players out on loan or work experience and sort of general news is probably going to be a bit quieter over the next few months, we'd imagine. Uh, We're going to bring back the loan watch section. Um, Starting off with the one who's arguably at the highest level of the the five, you would say. Uh, Max Kilsby. He's at Adon Athletic. He's... um, Nine appearances so far. One of them was a sub um, for the Galabanki. He's got another full 90 minutes for them at the weekend, but not an enjoyable afternoon for Max. Uh, 
their trip to the Highlands ended a 5-1 hammering at Elgin City. Um, former Blues, Greg Fleming and Rowan Steele and Josh Galloway all featured in this game as well. Why? While Steve Swinglehurst and um, Charlie Burns were unused subs. Um, yeah, it, 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 it's a good learning curve for Max this season, I think, because, I mean, Anna having a bit, having made the playoffs last season, having a very tough time of it, aren't they? Mm. they? Maybe missing Owen Moxon in the middle, possibly, I don't know, but yeah. it's um, it kind of feels like, I had a look before the, 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 the division, and it does look a tough division, actually, now. I, mean, I don't follow Scottish football that closely, but I know a little bit. And when you look at some of the teams up there, there's quite a few teams who drop down from higher levels. You like to use Stranraz, and it, it's it's going to be tough for them, I think, to be, to be right up there. As long as they can keep themselves away from relegation, that's the key thing for Anna, I think. But Yeah, uh, but, you know, if they're under the cosh a bit, it's a lot of, uh, it's a steep le- learning curve for Killsby, isn't it? So yeah, and he's, and it could work out well for us. And he's playing most weeks, which is a good thing as well. That's, that's mm. a good thing to see. Um, dropping down a level in Scotland to uh, the Lowland League. Lewis Bell, he's on loan at Gretna 2008. He's made uh, seven appearances, uh, none of them as a sub, and he's uh, he's got himself a, go- a couple of goals as well so far. Um, he missed the uh, 2-1 win over Tranent in at the weekend, but um, but yeah, he ever since Michael McIndoe's coming as manager, he seems to have picked up his form a little bit. He's, he um, scored in the uh, midweek 3-1 win over Gali Ferrydean before being uh, substituted in the 65th minute. And I think he scored in the previous game before that as well. So good to see him get a few goals there, isn't it, really? I mean, he, he mm. just needs to get a bit of confidence, doesn't he, really? And it's one of those ones I think you're looking at. If you can get a decent run and get a few goals and a bit of good form in his legs, bring him back and hopefully send him to a slightly higher level in January, maybe. Yeah, hopefully. Maybe even one that Aaron might even look to take on loan if he does really well mm. in the Lowland League, possibly. You'd, mm. You never know, but he needs to do something to, to kickstart his career, really, doesn't he? Speaking of people who need to do something to kickstart their career, um, Sam Fishburn. Um, obviously, dropped down a level after a tough time at Blythe Spartans. Um, seems to be enjoying life a bit more with the Highwaymen, doesn't he, at Morpeth Town? Um, yeah, he's got two in his last two now, I think. Yeah, so obviously he scored um, his first goal for his new club uh, the weekend, a 3 0 win over Staley Bridge Celtic. He's followed that up with uh, another goal in midweek in the 1 1 draw with Bamber Bridge. Uh, last midweek, he did actually play as well. He, he played the full 90 minutes, it was his first start, I think, in a 6 3 win over his former club, Lancaster City. Somehow didn't manage to get on the score sheet in that game, mm. did he? That's a bizarre one, isn't it? And They're playing Lancaster again this weekend. Is it this weekend or was the weekend after? Yeah, I can't yeah. remember. It's, it's the FA Cup, isn't it, that they're playing against them, isn't it, I think? Uh, I thought that. it was league, but you, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, maybe, maybe you're right. Actually, it might well be that it's the league he's playing in. Possibly, I'm not sure, but um, but yeah, so playing them quick fire games against his former team, but yeah, good, good team getting on the score sheet. Yeah, yeah, um, you know, and sort of similar to Bell. Hopefully, if he can sort of hit the form that he did for Lancaster last season, then maybe you know in January we can loan him out to a higher level. Yeah, I think I think a good two or three months though at a club would be good for him rather than yeah. what we did last time. Is one month for Lancaster and he called back straight away. I, don't, mm. I, I always think that was a sign of desperation by Beach because we were so short uh, up front, really, wasn't it? And really, he should have he should have been kept out really for a couple of more months. I think it might have actually helped him a bit more. But mm. but there you go. Um, Gabe Brees. He's also gone out on loan. He's gone to to Widnes. I think this was. I think actually this happened after we recorded uh, last week. I think. Um, so he's joined uh, the Northern Premier League Division One West Side Widnes on a one month loan deal. Um, Going to be a challenge for him there, is it? Because they're right at the bottom of their division. Yeah. 
tough, tough start for the Whites. And um, his first two games, it were a 2-1 defeat in Newcastle Town. That's Newcastle based in Stoke, I think it is, isn't it? And uh, followed by a 4-1 loss against second place Manchester-based side, Mosley. Um, Probably not the worst thing to be as a keeper going to a side struggling near the bottom if you want to get some games, I guess. Didn't do Jordan Pickford any harm, did it? So. No, he was getting battered every week, wasn't he? And, <laughs> and we saw how much he did for, for Mark Gillespie when he went out to Blythe's He definitely came mm. back a different keeper. And um, yeah, I, I think it's a really good move for, for Gabe. And hopefully he'll uh, come back with a, a few games under his belt and a bit more confidence. Um, another goalkeeper's gone out, though. Uh, Lewis Boyd, we mentioned this one a couple of weeks ago. Um, he's at Carlisle City. He's made three appearances now. Um, four, if you technically include a a 13-1 win over Braithwaite in the Cumberland Cup, but I don't think, yeah, that's, I mean, that he'd do that with the youth team when he here, so we don't really count that. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's it's been a um, bit of an up-down start for him so far. Obviously, his first game was a defeat, but uh, followed that up with a uh, 2-2 draw at West Auckland Town at the weekend, and then uh, this midweek, he, he played in the Cumbrian Derby against Penrith, and that finished 0-0, so got his first clean sheet for the uh, for the um, Sky Blues. Um, interesting one, a friend of mine went to that game, and he said... Um, uh, he can kick it absolutely miles, can Lewis Boyd. He said that was his exact words. So uh, clearly got a big kick on him. But I think, as me and Dan mentioned, he's got a tough time if it hasn't he with two key, two young keepers yeah. already on the books ahead of him at the moment. But it, it might work out better for well, all three of them because rather if you've just got one, they might just sort of you know mm. become number two and sit on the bench. Whereas because there's a few, we we've got the luxury of being able to actually learn them out. Yeah, that's the way it works, isn't it? Yeah. Right, let's get to the match review section, Mike. Um, well, we've got two games to come, haven't we? One, one really exciting, good result. One less exciting, but a decent result, I think it's fair to say. Um, we'll start with the first one. Obviously, we've got the crew nil, sorry, Carlon nil, crew nil to come. There is not much to talk about in that game, believe me, <laughs> you and me. Um, let's start off, though, with Grimsby Town 1, Carl United 2. Yes, the Blues uh, ended their, uh, I think it was a nine-game run without a win away from home and um, continued their excellent uh, start of the season with a, a win at the the Mariners. Um, you obviously didn't watch this game, Mike, because you were you're too busy having fun over in Florida. <laughs> um, but you've seen the highlights of this. Um, yeah. All round, it looked like quite a decent performance, didn't it? Yeah, and Stratton, by all accounts, seems to, you know, there was sort of a few murmurs that it was maybe a bit of a, a flop, but he seemed to uh, look a bit more confident, and he, he's looked all right on the on the left, sort mm. of out wide a bit, cutting in. Um, so yeah, hopefully he's a good option, and it was a great goal, wasn't it, from Oxen to get his yeah. first goal for the club? Yeah, Stratton's an interesting one, isn't he? Because he he's coming in sort of almost a central striker, but I do I do have a feeling when he's playing maybe. Will be best and adapt a bit better to playing as a sort of a wide in a front three when when needed, mm. and he's got decent feet on him, and he, he's got a little bit of pace as well. He can get away from a man. Um, yeah, he had a, a good game in this one. He had a pretty decent game against Newport, actually. Not quite as good against Crew, but to be honest, the whole team wasn't great against Crew, so we, mm. I'm not going to hold that against him. Certainly not. Um, but yeah, it's, obviously this game was the, the rearranged game from the original one that was a, a bit of a washout to say the least. Um, Team selection, no massive surprise, was there really, considering the lack of players available that he mm. went with the same style 11. But it was a bit big blow on the bench, wasn't it? Sonny Hilton out for eight weeks by lots of things. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that's maybe one of the things that we've missed a little bit. I'm not saying for one second that the players starting games aren't putting in enough effort. But I think if there was players on the bench chomping at the bit to get a go, it might just, 
give the players starting an extra 5% if they're sort of think, fighting to keep the place a little bit. I think as well it's as much being able to give them a break because yeah, exactly. this, this is something we'll come on to when we talk about the crew game, but they've, a lot of these players have played the full 90 minutes for a lot of games and they're kind of players mm. you think to yourself, I'd rather be able to give, you know, give them a 10, 20 minute rest at the mm. end of games sometimes, yeah. but we're not really getting that opportunity because we haven't really got the options if we're honest. Mm. Um, well, let's talk, let's talk about the goals then, Mike, if you've touched on already, but Owen Moxon, first goal for the club and he's been threatening to do it for a while. Finally uh, broke his duck um, and what a strike to do it with. Yeah, exactly. It was, it was cracking, wasn't it? And it's good to have a player that can do that because it makes teams nervous if he's sort of outside the box and it can move defenders into positions that they maybe wouldn't want to be in and can open up space for the strikers. Yeah, obviously this goal came from, um, I'd say, brilliant work down the left by Jack Stretton as well and turned it, rolled his man really, didn't he, on the, on the touchline. Mm. And, and he do, I think he does keep it in. I know there's a bit of soccer, oh, he took it out. I don't think the whole ball crosses the line. No. Yeah. I think he's done really well there. Keeps it in, gets away, cuts inside, plays it to Moxon and he just puts his laces through, doesn't he? And he bounces once and goes into the bottom corner by Max Crocom. Um Interesting the way he struck the ball, isn't it? Because Simmer, after the game, said, didn't he? I think he said that... Or was it Simmer? Was it Moxon himself? He said that Simmer said to him, basically, that he'd been trying a bit too hard to get that. He's just trying to get that goal mm. rather than just doing it on autopilot. He was, he was almost mm. trying to place the ball every time he was hitting it. Mm. And and Simmer said to him, you, you've got a great shot on you. Just put your laces through it, you know. Mm. You know, laces through it. Hope for the best. And you know what? The keeper might parry it and someone might... Deno might pick up the, the piece exactly. and, and as it was the keeper couldn't parry it because he couldn't get anywhere near it could he so um, yeah. a, a great strike from Owen um, puts it into the lead um, I have to say other than that most of Grimsby's chances the first half actually were after this were, they were kind of like just half half efforts from the edge of the box that were either well wide or well saved there wasn't there was one that I wouldn't even say holy spilled it just sort of hit him and he, he picked up the loose pieces mm. Not really much to offer, but on the attack, Jack Stretton almost got his first goal when he went on a brilliant run down the, down the left wing, gets into the opposition box and then sees his shot save. I have to say, John Mellish did foul their play on the edge of the area in the build-up to that. He was like, I was sitting there like, oh, for God's sake, oh, wait, he hasn't given it. Even John's like, you know, did that sort of stop and walk thing and turn around like, oh, for God's sake, I've given away for it. Oh, no, I haven't given away for it. Yeah. What's going on here? Um but Jack obviously didn't wait to see whether the whistle was blown. He, he played on as, as he should do, yeah. um, and then up the other end, and um, yeah, De- Justin Dennis does what he does best, doesn't he? Um, got, got, got to give a shout out to um, Etefe here, or Fete, sorry. <laughs> yeah, the, it's a good the, assist. Yeah. Grizzly right back, great assist. Oh, he, he had an appalling first half. He was slightly mm. better second half, but he he was at Jude Sterling levels of bad. That's how bad he was in that first yeah. half. It was terrible. But it's not the first time this season that Dennis has latched on to a back pass from the opposition. And he, it probably won't be the last time either. He just has that little knack, doesn't he, of picking on to things like that. He's deceptively quick over a few yards. He's mm. not He's not rapid. If you put a long one over the top, he's not going to go and chase it like an Amari Patrick. But he's deceptively quick and, and sharp in the mind over those few yards. And, you know, Fete plays the ball back, basically. It was basically a little poke forward by armour. Fete plays a quick ball back to Crocombe. And Dennis is in there like a shot, touches it round the keeper. I've got to say, it's a fantastic finish, a mm. really good finish because it's a really tight angle. And he plays it in the because there was a defender getting back on the line. He plays it in the one place the defender can't get to it. 
Mm-hmm. And he's in the back of the net. Two nils for half time, and he, he certainly enjoyed his celebration in front of his uh, fans of his former team because he had a short loan spell there. I think one goal in thirteen games did it. Didn't really enjoy his spell there. I think it's fair to say. Um, yeah, and going into half time, two nil. Couldn't have asked for much better, really, could we? Yeah, I think we didn't really know what to do with ourselves because it's been a long time since we've uh, gone into a game away from home to 2-0 up. But yeah, it's then sort of second half, we just kind of had to sit back a bit. We didn't really threaten them too much. It was more just sort of dig deep and uh, defend well, which we did. It was... It was... I'm I'm loath to say backs to the wall because I don't think it was backs to the wall because no, not quite backs to the wall because we because we didn't we didn't have any real chances goal goal wise we didn't yeah. that that's a fact. Grimsby only had really f- maybe <coughs> four five chances. Mm. One of them was the tap in for the goal when Gibson switched off a little bit. Oh, I don't say he didn't say switch off. I just don't think he got out quickly enough to to mm. close down uh, Otis Khan who got himself to the byline, played a low ball across, and it was an easy tap in for Ifete. But bar that. Some long-range efforts that were straight at Holy, a header that went wide, and that's about it, really. The, mm. There was no real threat, and it was a good, solid defensive performance where the team showed great shape, great composure, great teamwork. It's organised, wasn't it? Really, really organised is absolutely the right word. Really, mm. really well-organised performance. I never, I never had this feeling of like, oh, we're going to concede here. We're going to. I was like. Mm. I was like frustrating that we switched off for that one moment for the for the goal. And other than that, I was like, I'm confident here. I feel we can do it. I mean, we mentioned the fact obviously Stretton had a great game. I thought Moxon was brilliant in the middle. He was the who scored dot com man of the match with eight point four, which I think is the highest anyone's got for us this season on mm. who scored, which is quite impressive. But got to say, in defence, Corey Whelan, John Mellish, and Paul Huntington was outstanding again. Mm. Absolutely, I mean, he is going to be a hell of a signing for us. Bear in mind, he's probably still just about building up his match fitness at the moment. Mm. He's been brilliant over this last. I like I like the games. threat that he is on set pieces as well. I think he it, could be our sort of highest scoring centre back in a good few years. It's and, a pleasant surprise, that isn't it? Because you bear in mind he is, you know, he's only scored about eleven goals I think in his career with mm. three hundred appearances. But he looks like he could score well more than that. I wonder if teams haven't been exploiting that before. He's a big lad as well. Yeah, well, you know, he's only scored one for us, but when he's not scoring, he's he's causing problems. Definitely, absolutely, and yeah, I just feel he's just been a fantastic signing for us, really. And yeah, all round decent performance. Two one, we'll take that. Bit frustrating not to keep a clean sheet, but um, but you know that that's the way it is sometimes, and just have to deal with it, right? Should we do six-second reviews then for this one, Mike? Yep. I should know we haven't got a single 60-second review for the uh, crew game because no one really <laughs> wanted to talk about that. But we did something a bit different for that, so I'll tell you about that in a minute. But we'll start with um, Craig Mattinson. So Craig Mattinson uh, travelled over. I think he lives in Yorkshire. I think he travelled over for the game for, to watch the Blues. Hi, lads. Here's my 60-second review on my second trip to Rundle Park in little over a month. As I'm heading down to the ground, as you do, I check out the team news, and again, I see our squad decimated by injuries and I think we're in for a difficult night against a strong Grimsby team with a big crowd behind them. However, I should know better. This is Carla United we're talking about and Simo's installed some real resilience into our team. We were fantastic from minute one. Maybe not playing the, the flowing football that we want but a one of effort, determination and grit. 
no more so than Jack Stretton, who epitomised this with a fantastic run down the left wing, laying it off for our very own Owen Moxon to bang in his first goal for the Blues. This uh, has led to a particularly tough few to, few minutes with Grimsby playing some lovely football, wing to wing, back and forward, good passing, but we held firm in a defence that was marshalled superbly by Huntington. On the stroke of half-time, we nick another. Dennis on fire, nips in between and with an amazingly cool finish. Half-time, here we go. The onslaught starts and although we were behind the goal away to the opposite end, there wasn't much to see as the as the game panned out pretty much in Carlisle's penalty area. But we were a stronger team this year and we get we gave everything, hanging on sometimes by luck, sometimes by pure brilliant effort. And and at the end it was fantastic to be there and witness the first away win of the season. Up to eighth after ten games we're super proud of the Blues and long may it continue. Up the Blues. There you go. That, that, that's Craig's uh, review of the game there. Um, that's pretty much what we said, isn't it, really? <laughs> it's yeah. nice, nice to hear, really, isn't it? Um, yeah, it's, he's absolutely right. The effort-wise were fantastic. And it? and it really is something that Simo has instilled. And I think that comes from the words he uses quite often. Simo, he's very straight talking. There's no, mm. there's no bullshit. Basically, is that with Simo when he when he does his post match interviews, he'll be honest. If he thinks the game was bad, he'll say it. If he doesn't think well, yeah. he'll say it. That, and he set high standards as well. Yeah, definitely. And I think you can see as well, like if you were a player, Simo is the kind of manager that you just run through brick walls for. Absolutely. And and you know, he, he meant Craig mentioned the injuries there, and it's it's something that we we kind of glossed over a bit this week, but. I think other clubs, they would sort of let that be an excuse and they'd sort of languish down in the bottom half, maybe even lower, and sort of that'd be an excuse. But for us, it isn't, you know, and we're where we are and you just think when everyone's fit, the only way is up, surely. That's the difference, isn't it? We're not using an excuse, we're using it as a, look how well we're doing, considering Mm, we've got all these injuries. Actually, you know, being where we are... It's pretty impressive, all things said. So, yeah, mm. absolutely agree with that. Now, the second review we've got is not actually a Carlisle fan. It's um, it's Gab Sutton. Now, Gab Sutton is a League Two expert on Twitter. If you, if you don't follow him already, you should do. I think it's at Gab Sutton, I think, is his, um, his uh, handle on Twitter. He, he basically tweets about um, League One and League Two and that kind of thing. And he does lots of different articles, different websites and stuff. He happened to be at the game. So I said to him, well, do you fancy giving us a quick six-second review on, on your thoughts on, on United and, and the match generally? So uh, Gab was very kind enough to send this over to us. So here's what Gab had to say about the game. So although Carlisle um, were outshot 18-5 to five in this game, and that would suggest that maybe there's an element of fortune in this victory, I'm going to say that was a deserved win. Um, that's, for, that's for a few reasons. I think partly because... They're probably due a little bit of um, of a redressing of the balance because there's been lots of games where Carlisle have created probably the better chances and, and not had the results to show for it. Um, so so there, there's that sense. I think injuries have hit them really hard. And I think with, with what Paul Simpson had off the bench, I think that a battling victory is um, is probably what you need in these circumstances. Hopefully a few can, can return because I think it's 12 out now. But also... Um, I think firstly, Carlisle were really well organised in the first 60 minutes and then defended the penalty area well in the last 30. Um, 
Paul Huntington was absolutely man of the match tonight. Absolutely outstanding. Captain, fantastic. Uh, what an influence he's going to have this season. Um, Callum Guy and Jordan Gibson, I think, seem to have matured on the defensive side of their game under uh, Paul Simpson, to my eyes. Um, yeah, really good team, uh, solid performance. And I think game state as well uh, dictates quite a lot because Carlisle... Uh, basically leading from 15 minutes so obviously that's going to impact the dynamics of the game so well done Carlisle big win up to eighth and one point off the playoffs fair play Blues yeah nice little assessment there it's always nice to hear an outside voice isn't it talking yeah, about getting their thoughts and a couple of points I picked out from that is one he's made a very good point there we've dominated a lot of games where we've had a lot of chances and mm-hmm. not won them and yet here's one where we probably haven't dominated in terms of the chances, but we've won it because we've been a bit yeah. more clinical. And that, that, that's a little nice addressing of the balance. Although I'd be interested to see the expected goals stats because, mm. you know, like you said and like Gab said, you know, they had a lot of shots, but really, you know, they weren't great we're, we're, testing we're, with them. I mean, Thomas had nothing to do in goal really mm. other than obviously picking the ball out for that tapping. Um, another point I'll pick out there, he, he said, you'll see like we did praise Paul Hunting for his problems he said captain fantastic but obviously Hunting wasn't captain but that kind of shows the kind of role he plays he, he doesn't mm. need to be captain he, he is basically playing like a captain the way he organises mm. them and, and leads the team so that, that's, that's a really interesting one to pick out as well isn't it really but there you go mm. um, right let's just briefly move on and cover the crew game before we talk just a few general points um, nil nil yeah there, there was I mean I went back and watched the, the extended highlights of this on um on the club channel, and my God, there was nothing to pick out, really. I mean, they mm. had a couple of chances. They had a free kick that went just wide. There was a couple of shots that Holy, you know, comfortably saved, really. And one shot, really, where they're from long range, where their keeper palmed it um, wide. And, and I think a header from Dennis, where he flicked it down and beyond Millish. Um, and that was it, really. It, it's mm. it, it's hard to pick any real positive of this. I mean, I, I did enjoy Sino in the post-match. He was just brutally honest on it and said, just not a good game of football. We didn't play well with maybe one game too many. You know, haven't played all these games in a week, and you know, not not happy about the performance. But we've got a point, and that's a, that's a, a positive. And I think that that's absolutely the way to look at it, really, isn't it? Yeah, I think one positive, um, aside from the you know the playing side of things, is mm-hmm. another attendance over five thousand with a pretty poor away turnout. We're um, averaging about 4,800 home fans this season, aren't we? Which is good, because that's about a 10-20% increase on what we've had in pre- like last couple of seasons, when yeah. there's been fans allowed, I should say. Yeah. So, so I, yeah, I, I agree. I think it's a real positive, actually. Yeah, another, another mm. decent crowd. And they're, and they're still coming in. You know what? Keep If we keep ourselves up in those, just on the edge of the playoffs or in the playoffs, mm. it'll rise. They'll rise. And I've no mm. doubt about it. I know people back home who are saying, oh, I'll come down to a game and things like that. So, Mm. It'll come with time. We've just got to be a little bit patient on that, I think. Um, but yeah, as I mentioned, um, we, we didn't have any um, six secondaries this one. We, To be honest, we didn't actually chase anyone for one because we thought, that, what are we going to talk about? This not a great <laughs> game. What we did do, actually, though, after the game on Saturday, about six o'clock, I, I was driving back down to Liverpool because there was no trains running because of the strikes. So I'd uh, parked myself up in T-Bay, the, the greatest service station in the world. And um, and I got my phone out and uh, we did a Twitter space. So if you don't know what these are, it's basically, it's, it's almost like a sort of live sort of show, isn't it? Obviously, you can do on Twitter, Mike. Have, mm. you, have you listened to any Twitter spaces? There's been some very funny ones I've listened to. Like I, uh, I have listened to some at three o'clock in the morning of just absolute nonsense. But Wasn't the one yeah. where, where, where um, Declan Rice was on singing Ice Ice Baby or something like that on one of them, I think? <laughs> yeah. I seem to remember that anyway. But basically what we do, what it is basically, we host it through the Brunson Bugle Twitter account, so that's at Brunson Bugle. 
Um, and and basically, we invited people to come on and talk about the game, basically, and say, well, what, what's your thoughts on the game and that kind of thing. And, and we were on for about a good 40 minutes, weren't we, I think, at the end. And um, I don't think about four or five different people coming on. We had a couple of people coming on asking me questions as well. And, and it was really good, actually. It was really, really nice to hear some good discussion. I know Paul Newton from BBC Radio Cumbria was on. Um, he, he didn't have a chance to come and chat with us because he was he was busy and had to head off elsewhere. But he's mentioned that potentially him and Lummy and maybe James might even come on uh, later ones. Uh, we try and do them after Radio Cumbria finished broadcasting. Let them do all their post-match stuff and things first. And then after six o'clock, we, what we're going to do is we're not going to do every single match day, but we might do them sort of intermittently. So we, I might even do one this weekend after the Hartlepool game. I'll have to wait and see, but uh, see how it goes, basically. But, um, but yeah, some really good discussion in there. So we might do that a little bit more often for some of the games this season. Um and you can go back and listen to it now, actually. You don't have to have listened to it live. It's, it's up there on our Twitter account, so uh, go and give it a listen. Um, other talking points, Mike, before we move on to a little League 2 review. Um, performance overall, it, it, like I said, it was just a tired one, wasn't it? I think crew, I think it's just one of those ones where you look and you think... You've got to consider as well that quite a lot of those players have played the full 90 minutes mm. in, like all three of the games in the last week, which includes a long trip down South Wales, all the way back up to then travel all the way across to the East Coast mm. in Lincolnshire to play Grimsby and all the way back to then play again on Saturday. So it's, it's not been an easy week for them, has it? No. And at the end of the day, I think over the two games, both Grimsby and Crew, you would have taken four points, I think. But you would have taken sort of the draw at Grimsby and the win against Crew. What you said was exactly what they said in BBC Radio Cumbria. They said that. Yeah. They said, look, you, you, you probably want to get your points at Grimsby and then a win against Crew, so your home fans are uplifted. Mm. But it is what it is, you know, and you, you, mm. you know, four points is a decent return from the two games. And actually, what it does, it keeps the unbeaten run going. So now, because obviously, as we'll touch on in a minute later, Orient's uh, winning run ended, as did, um, I think it was Swindon ended their winning run at the weekend as well. Mm. Um, as a result of those results, um, we've now got the longest uh, unbeaten run in the league alongside Bradford. Seven games. Mm. Mm. If we were to win against Hartlepool on uh, on Saturday, we would basically be averaging two points a game over the last eight fixtures. Mm. Essentially, four wins and four draws. Mm. I mean, that, that that's good going. <laughs> yeah. You know, you, you can't grumble about that at all. No, exactly. And, and these draws, they're keeping us in touch with the pack. You yeah. know, it's not getting too far away from us. And I think just, I mean, you know, we're one win away from fourth yeah. at the end of the day. So yeah. we're really, you know, while we are in 10th, I think a win, even two wins, would see us leapfrog quite a few teams. Yeah, definitely. There's definitely positives about there. Um, only other thing to really pick out is there good news about the players returning from injury as well. Obviously, uh, Mario Patrick came on as a sub. Obviously, losing Hilton's a bit of a blow, but Patrick coming on as a sub against... Um, Against Crew was a good positive point. Wasn't quite up to speed, but we'll give him a couple of games and I'm sure we'll get there. Um, and Morgan Feeney on the bench, left on the bench over Corey Whelan, starting ahead of him. I've, I've got to mention, actually, I haven't put this in the talking points, but Corey Whelan, full credit to him and the way he's played in the last few games as well. Yeah, I, th- I think he could be one of them. I mean, I don't think he's going to keep Feeney out of the team when Feeney's fit, but I think Whelan's one of them that he'll just come in and do a job in maybe a couple of different positions this season. Well, we're lucky as well not just having him able to do that. We've got Ben Barkley coming back in the next week or two as well, we're yeah. hoping, which is which will be nice. And um, and obviously Ryan Edmondson chomping at the bit hopefully soon, which we'll mm. talk about when we um, touch on the Hartlepool preview section. Um, before we go into the second half of the show, let's do the quick lead to round up there, Mike. Um, 
Looking at the weekend fixtures first, then we'll quickly touch on the midweek ones that happened in this midweek. Um, yeah, Orient's unbeaten run to the season ends. Uh, fair play to what, 11 games in and mm. finally finally losing a 2-1 defeat against um, Newport County at, at home as well, actually, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can still see them being right up there at the end of the season, to be honest, though. I don't think this will be too much of a setback for them. Yes, um... I think you're probably right there. Um, but, yeah, we still don't really have anyone particularly pulling away from everyone. Uh, I mean, Orient and Stevenage have both started well, but I don't know. There's a, there's a bit of me that thinks that they're not... that. It's not bold opinion to say that they won't be in the top three at the end of the season, despite how well they've started. Okay, I, I feel like... You don't feel Orient will be in the top three? Uh, I'm not saying that they won't be, but I'm saying it's not a completely bold opinion to say that there's a chance that they might not. Fair enough. I've mm. just got this feeling as well. I mean, you look at actually, to be fair, you say no one's pulling away, but from third to fourth, there's a five point gap at the moment, albeit Northampton have played a game more than Bradford, who are actually mm. are next in fourth position. But th- those three at the top, they're giving themselves a nice cushion so they can afford to have a, a defeat. And then start to run again without worrying about teams overtaking them. That's 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 the key way they might look at it. Yeah, um, but neither Orient nor Stevenage were anyone's picks for uh, oh, sort well, of. Well, we we all predicted Stevenage to be dark horses, albeit I don't think anyone yeah. expected them to be this good. To yeah, be fair. but exactly. But again, they've had a flying start, and it's one of those ones with them. Though I think if they were to pick up the same sort of in- level of injuries that we've had, I think they'd struggle. Because I don't definitely, think they've got the depth definitely. there, and that, that's where the difference is for someone mm-hmm. like Stevenage. Um, but yeah, uh, obviously uh, Northampton made it five wins in a row to to close the gap to two points uh, behind Orient. But then, <laughs> what do you know? In midweek, they went and uh, slipped up and lost one nil at Walsall. Their first win in like eight or nine, I think, as well. So mm-hmm. goes to show, doesn't it? Um, Stevenage right up at the top. Another two wins in a week for them. Obviously, a two-one win at Crawley and. Uh, a three 0 win at home over Sutton. I mean, they are absolutely flying out there under under Steve Evans. You know, with, yeah. which is despise the man all you want. He's a good manager at this level, isn't he? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, we kind of touched on that before, but um, other teams Stockport still languishing in nineteenth, aren't they? Well, I yeah. Mean, who saw that coming? Yeah, they're they're, they're in a terrible start. I mean, before we talk on the, about the teams at the bottom, I've got to pick up Bradford as well. They're on a real charge, aren't they? Yeah, I think obviously like us, they've obviously not lost in seven in that period. They've won four of the games, so mm-hmm. um, f- fantastic run for them. Um, Mark Hughes really starting to turn things around there. Um, but like I said, down at the bottom, just two points were picked up by the bottom six at the weekend. They were a point for Stockport and a point for Hartlepool. Um, Colchester, Crawley, and uh, Harrogate in particular are on dreadful runs, aren't they? And mm. I just have this feeling that come the end of the season. I don't think that bottom six or seven is going to change a huge amount, you know? Mm-hmm. I think you're going to see some teams really... I think Bradford might... Oh, so Rochdale might pull themselves away a little bit, but I can see Crawley be down. I can see Colchester definitely be down there. Harrogate as well, especially. Yeah, I mean, I didn't see Crawley doing as bad as they have done, mm. uh, to be honest. I didn't think that they'd be great. Um, but, I, I mean, Rochdale, Colchester, Harrogate, Hartlepool were all sort of... It, it was hard to predict two out of them to... Out of them four to yeah. go down, um, so yeah, it won't surprise me at all if they're down there yeah. come the end of the season. Although, you know, as we're, we'll sort of segue into the next part of the show, Hartlepool have 
maybe turned a little bit of a corner mm-hmm. now. We're interested to see how they got on in the near future, won't it? Right, we'll take a short break and then we'll be back with the second half of the show. Hi, I'm Paul Simpson from the Football Club. Welcome to the Brunton Bugle. Uh, I'll never make stop making me laugh that from the <laughs> football club. Wonderful stuff. Wonderful stuff. Right. We should get another Paul Simpson on who isn't from the football yeah, club. Oh, and he can, yes. Yeah. Yes, let's find one and surprise people. Um right, into the second half of the show. Um normally we start the second half of the show with the behind enemy lines section. Unfortunately, the only Hartlepool United podcast out there uh ceased recording in the last couple of weeks. And I contacted and said, Well, is there any chance possibly you could come on? Unfortunately they're they're really busy, so um, and the, the regular local reporter for the Hartlepool United, one of their papers, is is away this week, so it's someone standing in. So I didn't really want to put, put it all on them to, to do it. So, so yeah, unfortunately, there's no behind enemy line section for Hartlepool. I mean, this is the kind of thing you'd expect from your Salford and Harrogate. It's not from Hartlepool United, <laughs> isn't it? But there you go. Um, we'll try and get someone for the second half of the season. I think we spoke to a fan last season, didn't we? But I just haven't, I haven't had a chance to contact him and see if he's still available to do something. So, so there you go. So there's no um, no behind enemy, enemy line section. Um, away pub, as recommended by the London Badge, is Jackson's Wharf. Uh, that's based at the highlight in Hartlepool, which is TS240XN. That's your postcode to get there. Um, I've never been. To be honest, Hartlepool's one of those ones, away days. I don't know about you. You'd you probably enjoy it more than me, but I'm, I'm never a big fan of it. It's just a pain in the backside to get to. And actually, there's not that much there when you get there. Well, do you know what? I never was a fan of it. But that away game where we won 3-2 and yeah. Jabbo scored twice i think well was that say, was an incredible away game and that sort of changed my perception of it a little bit yeah I, 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 like i've seen i've been a few times and i've, I've been there for the 4-0 win when lubo scored and gary Medin got a hat-trick but by that I'm, I'm just not a fan of it it's just not one of those games that i've ever really thought of I'm not, I, I won't go on my way to go there that often to be honest that that's that's mm. the feeling really um interesting you mentioned that game the free two game mike i'm, I'm gonna ask mm. you a question now and the question is based around that game. Okay. So the question, quite simply, is: Carl United, obviously, last time we beat Harlepool, our Harlepool was that game. It was in August 2015. Uh, United won three-two at Victoria Park. Obviously, you mentioned Jabo scored twice there. Who scored the other goal? Tom Miller. Indeed, he did. And who scored a goal? A left for the opposite? left-footed screamer. Um, who scored for them? Billy Painter scored Billy a Painter penalty. Scored a penalty, of course. Um, he did. And. A f- yeah, yeah, forget it. Well, it was, it was Scott Harrison. You wouldn't know him, basically. Uh, okay. <laughs> I want you to name United's uh, starting eleven and seven subs for this game, if you can. Oh Jesus Christ! Um, right. Well, in goal, I think yeah, we still had Gillespie back then, didn't we? Yep, Mark Gillespie. Um, I think this was around three-five-two time. So I want to say Tom Miller. Yeah. Michael Rains. Yeah. Uh, Danny Granger. Yeah. Um, now I'm going to struggle. Did Mark Ellis play? No. Mark Ellis. Okay. I don't think Mark Ellis had signed at that point, actually. Um, did Alexander McQueen play? Alexander McQueen did play in this game, but I think he played uh, in midfield, actually, funny enough. In fact, no, sorry. Okay. I think he played at right wing back because I think Tom Miller was actually one of the centre backs for this game. Yeah, that that would make sense. Um, Anthony Sweeney? Uh, Sweeney was on the bench. Um, I remember Jason <coughs> Kennedy played because we con- yeah. he considered a penalty. Yeah. Um, obviously Jabbo. Um, yeah. Derek Asamoah, I don't know if he started, but he certainly played near the end. Yeah, he came off the bench. Yeah. Um, 
Oh, who else did we have around then? Uh, Luke Joyce. Luke Joyce played, yep. So of the starting uh, 11, you've got three more to get. Uh, you've got a defender, did, a midfielder, and a forward. Yeah, uh, I'm struggling to think of sort of the left-sided centre-back of the that back three, to be honest. It'll um, surprise you, because it surprised me when I saw it. I was like, I didn't even realise they were still with us at that point. Uh, no, no idea. You're going to have to give Tro- me that Troy one. Archibald Henville. Ah, I genuinely was like, what? Yeah. He was still with us? I thought he'd gone yeah. by then. So there you go. I think, uh, did Alex Gilead come on off the bench? No, he wasn't even with us then at that point. Okay, because in my head, this was a few weeks before we played Liverpool in the Cup. No, so he, he, he played, he, Liverpool was his second appearance for us, Gilead. Because uh, he, okay. he played at York, played at York the week yeah. before, yeah. Um, so the, the other midfielder, do you want to know him? Was it Zinedine Zadika? Uh, no, he he came off the bench later on. Okay. Um, Bastian Herry. Ah, uh, yeah. And yeah. the other forward. Uh, the other forward was it Charlie Wyke? No, he he wasn't even on the bench. Okay. Um, other forward other than Jabo. No, you can have to. Stephen Rigg. Ah, yeah, of course. Stephen Rigg playing this game, and obviously the remain. You've got uh, how many subs you've got remaining to get? You've got. Four subs left to get. You probably struggle to get these. I mean, your subkeeper uh, you'll probably get. Subkeeper Crocom? No, no. He's oh. Afterwards. Um, subkeeper? No. Dan I Hanford even... was a subkeeper. Ah, uh, Dan Hanford. I'll, yeah, I'll tell okay. you because we'll be here all day. Otherwise. Basically, <laughs> your you defender on the bench, Pat Bruff was on there. Yeah. And uh, Angelo Balanta was also on the bench. Uh, yeah. And the other sub who came on, Joe Thompson. Ah. So there you yeah. go. So that, that was your team for that. So that, that, that's the, the quiz question if anyone wants to have a crack at that at home. Um, let's get into doing the preview section then. Um, so this weekend we're going to the Suit Direct Stadium. That's a terrible name for a like, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't care how much sponsor offers you money. Just don't take it if it's something like that. It just sounds terrible. <laughs> Appalling. Um, referee, Tom Reeves from Warwickshire. It's his second season as an EFL referee. He's taken charge of 13 games so far this season, hanging out 51 yellow cards and no red cards. Last season, he handed out 121 yellow cards and seven red cards in 34 games. Uh, the last United game he took charge of was the 2-1 defeat at Crawley Town last year, where six players were booked. Uh, Jack Arm was the only United player to be cautioned in that game. Um, right head-to-head record is 108th meeting between the two sides, so played quite a few times against each other. Um, of those, uh, United have won 50, 20 have been draws, and 37 have been wins for the Monkey Hangers, so yeah pretty good going that's one of those rare ones where we're comfortably out on top isn't it so it's mm-hmm. nice to see um so yeah hartlepool has been a it's been um it's not been a great start to the season i think it's fair to say for them it's been a bit of a tumultuous how do you say the word tumultuous summer is that the right word i've probably said i don't way. i don't know if that's a word to be honest yeah it's something <laughs> like that isn't it but it's um yeah it's been a bit of a up and down summer for them well not up and down it's when you're not even right it's just been a Hectic one for them, um, because I mean, I'm just counting down where they've signed, Mike. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 new signings yeah. coming into the club this summer. I mean, the and only let, it looks like they've only had, I'm just trying to count down here, not actually that many have gone. I mean, only about 10 have gone, I think. Well, it's, it's the players Nine, that they've fact. lost that is a bigger deal for me. Um, I think they've lost 
basically the spine of the team. Well, Molyneux is the standout one, isn't he, really? He's, mm. he's always been a decent level, I think. Um, Neil Byrne going to Tranmere as well, and um, Odessina gone to, to Brighton. Losing players to teams that are division, not players who've been just let go. Mm. Players who've basically have gone for undisclosed fees or they've basically ran down their contracts and left. Mm. Quite a lot of them. I mean, Marcus Carver is one they're probably not too fussed on because he just didn't quite turn out to be as good as they'd hoped. He's gone to Scunthorpe, but the rest of them, Omar Bogland have won as well. All going to other League One, also League Two clubs. Mm. Not great, that is it? No, exactly. And, and and the players that other clubs have obviously wanted for a reason. So, you know, they're kind of decent players. Um, and I remember that their fans at the time when they were losing these players were sort of saying that they're really concerned that they could be getting relegated and you know it's no surprise to anyone really that they're in the position that they're in Yeah it, it's it, it's not a great really place to be for, for Hardball United I'm just trying to work out how many players they've actually got in the overall squad I'm just waiting for this webpage to load uh, 25 so if they've brought mm. 16 in it means only 9 of them were actually in place from last mm. season I mean, that's too big of a turnaround. That we we saw in the summer actually keeping a lot of them in for us has actually been advantageous. Yeah. It's helped us, you know. There's been a bit of continu- continuity there, mm. you know. I mean, looking through the squad, I mean, the one the one that stands out is the one that maybe surprised a few people of how well he's done is um, uh, Josh Amera, who signed from Wilston in the summer. Mm. Uh, obviously, uh, Olafelo Olamola went in the opposite direction to Wilston. Uh, on a free, but I think he was it was the end of his contract. It wasn't a case of a swap deal. But uh, Amer has come in and and he's hit the ground running for them. He's the one sort of starlet really for the team, isn't he? Mm. He's yeah, uh, and it, you know it's it's good when clubs sort of pluck these players out of non-league and they take their their chance in the football league. And you have to wonder how he'd be doing if he was playing on a decent team this season. Yeah, you do wonder that, don't you? Obviously, they made up a fair few signs have come down from Scotland, haven't they? Obviously, that was the influence of Paul Hartley, who was appointed as manager in the summer, promptly uh, sacked after 11 games in charge. It's it's one of those weird... I say weird appointments. He did quite well in Scotland, but it just it kind of felt like he was being thrown in... He was thrown into a situation where they were already on a bit of a downward spiral at that point, weren't they? And it probably needed someone who in new League Two quite it, well to sort it out. I tell you who it reminds me of, Roddy. And basically signing a load of players from his home country who maybe aren't very good. A little, a little bit like that, but what I'd say there's there's probably a closer correlation between League Two in England and the Scottish lower leagues. Than there was with the Irish League, basically, and that's the best way to put it. It's not as big a difference in moving, but yeah, I, I get your point. I mean, it's, a, it's a really fair point, actually. And because the, the one player actually they did sign that stood out to me, and I thought he's a really good signing. It's Jack Hamilton, who's on loan from yeah. Livingston. He was at um, Arbroath, I think, last season, and he was fantastic for them in the Scottish Championship. Really, really good. And it just doesn't seem to have worked out for him there so far. It just doesn't. Not really been at the same level he was with Arbroath. Some yeah. play, times players just fit with clubs and coaches, don't they? And and yeah, the, the gamble with with Hartley having done so well at Cove Rangers just didn't pay off, did it? And he now finds himself out of a job. And um, who did they bring in to sort it out? Mysterious Curl himself. Yeah. And um, yeah, Curl's someone who divides our fans, and I think it's fair to say there's a lot mm. of fans who absolutely love him. There's a lot of fans who can't stand him. There's a lot of fans who just. Meh. I think both. I think both me and you are fairly meh about yeah, him. I really, so. I would say I think Dan's very much the. Of the can't stand him uh, category, I think he would never deny that. Um, didn't really like him from the start, if he's honest. Um, 
he's the right man to get them out of trouble, though, isn't he, surely? Yeah, definitely. I mean, say what you like about him at Carlisle. He was the man that we needed that season to keep us up, and he threw a rocket up some players' backsides, I think. Um, and I think his approach that season might be a bit of a dying art. Uh, some of his his words to players <laughs> were maybe not the, the friendliest, but it's what they needed. You know, they weren't very good, and... Yeah, it seems that you know he he's had a bit of a response already at Hartlepool. I know the new manager bounce isn't exactly a a new thing, but um, some managers come into a struggling team and they don't get that bounce. So I do wonder if you maybe you look at it and you think actually maybe the squad they've got isn't that bad. <laughs> maybe there is some decent players in there, and he's just he's just needed someone to to get mm. them a little bit better organised and a bit better driven and. Potentially get the results. He's only got an interim job there, though, hasn't he? It's not been confirmed like till the end of the season or anything like that. Mm. It's just a basically it's a sort of week by week basis at the moment. I mean, it's a pretty good job interview so far, though, isn't it? Really, you can't. I can't say they're not appointing him as manager, depending on how things obviously go over the next couple of games. But the way he's gone so far, I don't think he's quite unbeaten. I think they've lost one game under him against Sutton. I can't remember exactly when he came in, but mm. last five games, that's the only six games. Sorry, that's the only game they've lost and. Obviously, they, last week they um, they got a two-two draw at Mansfield thanks to a, a late equaliser from Amira, and then in midweek they they beat playoff chasing uh, Doncaster Rovers at home two-one. So mm. it's not the easy tie. I think a lot of people were expecting, is it? No, uh, it's not, and I think it's going to be it's going to be quite a tight affair, to be honest. Um, which you know we'll do predictions in a bit, but yeah, it's certainly not an easy game. No, it, it, it'll certainly be a challenge, I think it's fair to say. Um, yeah, I, 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 one of those ones, we, we kind of expect them to struggle now near the bottom. I think if Curl gets a job full-time, do you, do you see them pulling away from trouble? Um, maybe not as far as sort of mid-table, um, but I think if they could, given the way that they started the season, I think if they'd just finish bottom half comfortably away from relegation, that would that'd be a decent season for them and then rebuild in the summer. Well, I'm pretty sure, knowing what Curl's like, he'll certainly want to rebuild very quickly, although I think Nicky Adams might be too too old now for another spell in uh, <laughs> in League 2, unfortunately. But, um, but yeah, so... Callum Hope on the other hand, though. Well, yeah. well, well he's, yeah, he, may, maybe, maybe. Um, yes, yeah, so I think we're, we're expecting a tough game this one. Um, talk about United, I mean, injury-wise, it, 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 it is looking better, isn't it? I mean... Mm-hmm. Obviously, this weekend's going to be too soon for Ben Barkley. We touched on that, but maybe Ryan Edmondson on the bench instead of Bellardo possibly might be the, the first one, maybe. Yeah, and I think Edmondson could work well, you know, as you sort of get his fitness up as a player that you bring on for like the last yeah. 20 minutes. Um, it, you know, if, if we're not winning, I think as an impact sub, I think he could cause teams a lot of problems. Yeah. I mean, look at injuries wise. Obviously, Dickinson, Dixon, and Senior are all their ACLs. Although, Senior, probably about a month away from coming back now, which is another real yeah. positive potentially. Someone to give um, Finn back a bit of competition. Um, Scott Simons, obviously, that as well. Short to medium, long term, sort of Hilton and Devitt, six to eight weeks, around about those two. Mm. But then the other ones, Toby Show Silver, hopefully, in the next two to three weeks, he'll be back fit and raring to go. Um, as we said, Ben Barkley, thinking about one week for his ankle injury. Um, mm. The only. Slight concern is Callum Guy, isn't there? So he rolled his ankle very late on in mm. the game against um, Crew. He actually got caught quite late, actually. It's a bit of a, I won't say a naughty one, it was one of those ones where you're like, you should have kind of, you know, 
maybe the ref could have given us a free kick in that situation. But then I should actually say, I didn't say this when we were talking about the crew game. Referee in the crew game was excellent. Really good. You know, if we're going to, mm. you know, have a go at referees when they're poor, got to give them credit when they're good because he was very good. He was he was quick on his giving bookings and stuff like that when it was bad tackles. I mean, Hunting's a particularly bad tackling in that game. Um, but even things like foul throws, he was straight on. Like, no, that's a foul throw. Take it again or move it back and stuff. So mm. re- fair play to him. Um, but yeah, I, I, what, what, would you make any changes for this game? Um, I think a lot would depend on on Callum Guy. Um, I, I think if he's injured, we actually we have the option of maybe slotting Whelan into midfield and putting Feeney in that defensive role. I, I know Whelan maybe isn't the best in midfield, but I think if he was to maybe sit deeper, it would maybe allow if, the likes of Moxon to get forward a little bit more. If you offered me a choice of the two, I think I'd probably rather move Mellish into midfield. I don't think True. I don't think Wheelie's quick. Wheelie's quick enough. I think players mm. would run around him. That, that's my problem. Centre back, he's fine and he copes well with it, mm. but I don't think he's quite fast enough. And if anything, I'd, I'd rather put it's got to be Mellish or Harris for me, basically into the mm. I think I think Charter's maybe still building up his fitness. Probably not quite ready to be played a full ninety, but he, he's a potential option as well. Maybe you know he, he's yeah. done well when he started games in the past. Um, yeah, but in terms of up front, would you would you swap Stretton for Patrick or would you keep it as is? Um, I'd probably keep as it is. Um, I mean, we've shown in games when we're chasing games that going four three three, we've looked pretty good. Yeah. Um, and I think Simo needs to work out really which games would be better starting four three three, perhaps. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's not a lot of the starting players who have done enough wrong to justify dropping them. Really. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, let's do match predictions. Um, Dan picked up a point, I think, didn't he? I think he got um, the goal score. One of the goal scores right against Grimsby. Yeah, Dennis, yeah. he got. Yeah, so, very frustrating. He's, he's moved a point ahead. Uh, he's on nine. I'm on seven, and you're still stuck on four. <laughs> <laughs> can Can you get yourself off four, Mike? What, what, what are you going for this weekend? Uh, well, this weekend I'm going to go for two one, and I'm going to go for Huntington and Mellish. Oh, okay. Two defenders scoring goals. Okay, mm. fair days. Um, right. Uh, I'm going to go for a 2-1 as well, actually. I'm going to go for a 2-1 win. And I'm going to go for goals from Dennis and... Um, who else? Dennis and Mellish, basically. And, uh, yeah, that's what I'm going to go for. Um, right, here's what Dan's predictions is for that game. I'm going to go for a pulsating 3-2 win. Goals from Christian Dennis, obviously. Uh, I'm going to go Ryan Edmondson if he's fit and then an injury time winner for Morgan Feeney to send the Blue Army into raptures well, he's even done a, match, right, done, a, done a match report for it already does that even happen there you go. <laughs> right okay uh, thank you Dan for those predictions so we'll be back to see how we got on with those next week um, exile section bit to cover this week though isn't the mic actually it's a surprisingly busy yeah. one Um We've got to start with the midweek, not that's just gone by the one from last week, because obviously we recorded quite early last week because of various issues with work and stuff like that and the times we had to do it. And um, Luke Joyce, he scored, I think, what's his first goal for Radcliffe, a one-one, an equaliser in a 1-1 draw at home to Whitby Town. So good good to see Luke on the score sheet. Uh, on to the weekend, Naki Wells, he, he, I didn't realise this, he's second top scorer in the championship right now. <laughs> Mm. He's, he's been quietly just chipping away with a few goals this season. Um, he scored in Bristol City's 2-1 home defeat to Queen's Park Rangers. Um, Sam Cosgrove, won't be the first time we mention him here, he scored a penalty in Wickham, sorry, Plymouth Argyle's 1-0 win at Wickham 
Wanderers. Ryan Loft scored in Bristol Rose's 2-2 draw at Exeter City, which I know one of our listeners, Greg Bowman's furious about because he'd, he'd picked Exeter in a last-man-standing competition in work and obviously Loft scored in that game. So not very happy about that, Greg. Um, Arthur Ganua, he was sent off in Morecambe's 3-1 defeat at Accrington Stanley. It's looking like Morecambe will come back down, doesn't it, really, at the moment? Mm-hmm. Not looking good for them in uh, League One. Uh, into League Two, Andy Cook, shock horror, scored a penalty in Bradford's 2-1 win at Harrogate Town. Um, Paddy Madden scored in Stockport County's 1-1 draw with Walsall. Ashley Addison, he scored a goal in Crawley's 2-1 defeat to Stevenage. Have you seen this goal? No, it's a no. bizarre one. He sort of runs to go and get the... Basically, charge, charging a loose ball. The keeper comes out and charges with the ball, but he sort of catches it, but slams it into Nadison's feet, and it squirms loose and goes in the back of the net. <laughs> Really, really bizarre goal. Um, into the National League, uh, not a great weekend for Gimme Tory. He was sent off for an off-the-ball incident. <laughs> if you were going to tell me what's Gimme Tory being sent off for, I would say off-the-ball incident every single time, wouldn't you? I, I tried watching this as well, and it was also an off-the-camera incident. Ah, um, but I think it was sort of a headbutt or something. Well, that's what he did against Exeter, didn't he? Yeah. Time. So, yeah, that makes sense. So, yeah, he was sent off for an off-the-ball incident in Yeovil Town's 1-0 defeat at Southend United. Connor Thompson, he scored in Morpeth Town's 3-0 win over Staley Bridge Celtic. Same game that... Um, uh, What's his name? Uh, Sam Fishburne scored in. Uh, David Simington scored for Workington in their 1-1 draw in League Town. Jordan Holt scored in Carlisle City's 2-2 draw with West Auckland Town. And Gavin Riley in the Scottish uh, League One scored in Queen of the South's 1-1 draw with Alloa Athletic. Into midweek, Sam Cosgrove once again scoring goals. Once again, an injury time uh, winner in Plymouth Argyle's 2-1 win in the top table of the clash with Sheffield Wednesday. He's really hit the ground running there, hasn't he? But it's, Mm-hmm. Is it just me? Does he just score at clubs at the extremes? Is that what it is? <laughs> yeah. He scores at one at right at the top of Scotland and one at right at the top of England. It's, it's bizarre, isn't it? But there you yeah. go. Going go, go well for Sam Cosgrove there anyway. Um, and Olafelo Olamola scored in Wilston's 2-1 defeat at Solihull Moors. Uh, in other news, James Trafford, he uh, started for England under-21s in their 3-1 victory over Germany at Bramall Lane. In Jared Branthwaite was cruelly overlooked for that. I thought. I wonder if he might end up getting called up in the next one there because he'll probably have a few more games under his belt. I think he'd only mm. played about two games, I think, at this point for PSV when he got the call-ups mm. were, so possibly the reason. Um, James Brown came off the bench for Bolter in their 2-1 friendly win over Israel. And uh, Manny Mampala, he signed on a free transfer for Hyde United. Found his level, I think it's fair to say. Yeah, I think so. Uh, yes. Um, right, and that's it, Mike. Thanks once again for joining me. Um Thanks to our sponsors, the London Branch, once again for their support this season. Um, in terms of upcoming episodes, uh, we'll be doing a preview for the Doncaster game next week. Um, but we've also got some interviews coming up, haven't we, Mike? Mm. I've been busy. I was up at Brunton Park last week to speak to some players. Not going to tell you exactly who yet. We gave, we actually gave away on the on the Spaces episode that one of the players was Christian Dennis. So we've got an interview coming up with him. We've got a couple of... Uh, how many more? We've got three more interviews that I did that day that are going to come up. Starting with one, we'll put one out on, I think, maybe Monday next week, basically, a little treat for you at the start of the week. So uh, that's something for you to look forward to ahead of the, uh, before the preview episode next week. Um, I think that's it, isn't it, Mike? Yeah, Anything thanks, else to cover? Thanks once again for joining me. Cheers. No problem at all. And uh, thanks everyone for listening. And uh, most importantly of all, up the blues. Up the blues.